Hello, everyone. This is Molly from the Casually Molly Podcast, and I just wanted to introduce you to my friends at the Natty Cat. This one is for you cool cats and kittens who can't get enough of wordplay and fur babies. The Natty Cat's natural soy candles feature inventive scent combinations and glass jars with clever kitties on the labels. Hand purred with locally sourced natural soy wax, the Natty Cat's candles woodwicks create a cozy fireside crackling sound, perfect for curling up on the couch. Remember, for all of your candle and scented oil needs, please visit our friends at the Natty Cat either on Facebook or Instagram. Have you ever wanted to get your shit together? Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first world problems are getting you down. Disabled, salty, need a laugh to fix that frown. <laughs> well, you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. She drops another casual line You're tuned into Casually Molly With Molly and Boogie All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Remember that you can always casually subscribe to the podcast on basically any streaming services were available as well as Facebook watch and YouTube, but enough about that for right now. The real focus needs to go to our upcoming casual guest that is right here with us. Give it up for comedian Gabe Kia. Thank you crowd. Yeah, it's good to be casually with you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Well, it was great kind of getting to know you a little bit before you got, you know, before actually, I was going to say before you got here, but you actually logged in before I got here. So thank you for being so patient. But uh, for those of you who weren't there with our casual discussion, Gabe, why don't you tell everybody how you're casually doing today? What's going on over in Cincinnati, Ohio? In Cincinnati, we are uh, we're ramping up, ready for Christmas. Christmas lights are out in my neighborhood. Got everybody's festive. There's Santa Clauses at, uh, there's a Santa Claus next door that's like a human life-size Santa Claus that just runs <laughs> like this and says, ho, 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 ho. And he does it every, like, I don't, it's kind of like every hour and a half. So oh it's my. so, I wish it was like every five minutes so I could go out there and videotape it. But uh, it's so it's so creepy and funny and uh it's festive it's great our, our neighborhood really does they do uh they do step it up on on christmas everybody likes to put some lights out we have we have actually on our roof we have like a 30 foot star that we put every every christmas yeah and christmas lights a giant star and we're at the end of a cul-de-sac so when you turn onto our street you just see it looks like we're like big dallas cowboy fans but uh, <laughs> Just a star. Oh, I love that though. So wait, do you and your wife do that together? How does this all work? Or is it just like you and some pals? Tell us the secret of uh, doing Christmas oh. lights on the street. <laughs> I would say uh, me and my wife do it together. And by Aww. that, she's on the ground yelling at me and telling me where to put things. And then <laughs> I think one year when we first started doing it, now we've got it down. So I know where, like, what, what it, where it should go, what it should look like. And I do a pretty quick and efficiently but i think the first year we did it it was her like move it a little this way and <laughs> and and then you realize like how how 
difficult it can be to like hang Christmas lights. And then you see these people that just like shoot the Christmas. They've got like a little projector that shoots the Christmas lights on. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's cheating. <laughs> There's no, you didn't almost break up putting those up, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's so cheap. I want, I want old school Clark Griswold, you know, can't figure out why they're not turning on because you have so many up there. That's what I like, those Christmas lights. I was about to say, this sounds like the best Christmas movie. I would absolutely watch this. So if anybody's got any connections to Netflix, Hulu, FX, can we like cast Gabe Kia in this? Because this is a great storyline. I feel like it's mm-hmm. actually relatable. I relate to Abby. So I'm like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I actually thought, well, speaking of your wife, I thought that was so sweet. We'll talk about your album here too. Um, you are known. How long have you been doing comedy, by the way, Gabe? I've been doing comedy uh, since 2003. I did my first open mic at the St. Louis Funny Bone in Westport Plaza. So that was the first time I went on stage. Long time ago. It's like some people, I was telling someone, I was like, it's almost been 10 years that I've been telling people I've been doing comedy for 10 years. Like, it's like 10 years, but... Then it was like 13, and I'm like, well, let's just still say 10. That's That sounds good. Round oh, number. yeah. <laughs> but uh, long time. This is my first album, too. So I, uh, some people were like, it's overdue or whatever. I don't think. I think I waited till the right time, and I was, I was ready to release uh, an album. And uh, a lot of St. Louis, a lot of Cincinnati influences in my, in my comedy in general. So. Well, we have that in common because as I was telling you before we started recording, my hometown, as many people know, is Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, I said you and I kind of made a switch where you went back to Cincinnati and I moved back here. So I always heard about you. You were kind of like the legend with no face in my mind. Everybody's like, Gabe Kia. Yeah, Gabe. Yeah, Gabe's the man. And I was like, who is this? I don't know. But then I went to go bananas because I was doing a show there. Shout out to Spark Tabor, uh, who did a Christmas show up there. And I told you I was in the bathroom and I saw your sticker while I was washing my hands. And I went, oh, this is the guy. So you got like semi-recognized yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I also, I, my first thought was, oh, I know what sticker you're talking about. And then I was like, wait, no, that's in the men's rest. There's one in the women's restroom. Too? Yeah, like, there was one know. of them. Yes, that's what I was that's like, unless it's been removed since then. But there was something. It's funny that you mentioned that, too, because Jimmy, my boyfriend that we talked about, you were just on Day at Night mm-hmm. podcast. Shout out to them. Um, also said he saw a sticker, too, while he was in there. So I was like, what is happening? So we've got you both in our podcast. We both saw your sticker. Uh, but the most important thing, uh, what we should be recognizing you for is your album it is very good i got to listen to it at work it is called dumber than a fish where you do feature a very sweet portion about abby which i actually was very touched by obviously i'm a lady so i'm like oh this is so cute but i thought that was really adorable uh so that's awesome to kind of recognize people who make a positive impact in your life but what i loved about it was speaking of st louis and cincinnati you kind of opened up with doing the two cities that you kind of been a part of mostly for home for your mm-hmm. life. So what kind of, uh, what made you think, you know what, to open up this album, why did you choose your focus on St. Louis and Cincinnati other than it just being your home? Cause I saw too, you kind of had some time in Canada as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, my family is from Canada originally. So both my parents are Canadian. Very. I, I always, especially when I started doing comedy in St. Louis, I always got identified as being Canadian. 
because it was just like a good way for people to make fun of me. They'd be like, you're Canadian, uh, Canadian guy, you know? Like, so that, that's where that comes from more so than if you actually like learn about my life, you're like, oh, you're barely Canadian. Or you, why do you say you're Canadian? You know, like I just went up there probably in the summer times when I was a kid, I, I always went to school in the States, educated here in, in America, went to college <laughs> in America, got arrested in college in America. That's how I did it. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, That's okay. But um, the, I think the dynamic of St. Louis and Cincinnati is kind of the story of, of me. It's, yeah. My comedy is somewhat autobiographical. I, I try to talk about personal things. And then I try to also talk about like observational topical things as well and kind of mix the both together. And I think as a comedian, you do well when you're telling stories that are personal to yourself because nobody else has a jean quilt that their mom made them when they were, you know, like something that's very unique like that. If you can find those aspects of your life and kind of uh, build a joke around that, you're not going to have to worry about um, seven other comics doing the same joke about turtles and paper straws, which is another, another, another joke from the album that basically anybody could have thought of that. It doesn't have anything to do with my life or my, my story, but, uh, but it's still something that I, I, I've been doing and I enjoy doing and I wanted to have on the album. So, Yes. Well, it's like I said, it's really, I love that everything just kind of sequentially just fell into place for it. How is the, uh, I mean, I guess in your opinion, how has it been received? Have you been kind of feeling like it's been getting some positive reviews? Um, has, like, what have been people, you know, other than me being like, let's talk about this. Obviously my opinion is the best, but um, what, what have people been saying about it? <laughs> I think you're a perfect example of, uh, of someone that maybe maybe had heard about me before or, or heard my name, but didn't had never really seen me do stand-up comedy. So uh, if that's their first impression of me, that is, that's my act I've been working on for the last 10, 15 years, you know? So um, it is a good representation of oh, good. <laughs> good, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> yes, no, and I, and uh, I've, I had a, it, it was so weird when it first came out, you, you have all these Cincinnati comedians basically writing like what sounds like your eulogy. It's like, I just died and Gabe's done so much for me. And here's how he took me on a one nighter in the middle of Kentucky or something. And they're, <laughs> you read it through it and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so nice. This is like, and it's, it, it, it just, mar it just shows that it's, it's a big, big moment in my, in my comedy in my comedy journey or comedy career, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, um, yeah it's, I, I think it was received very well. I've had a lot of positive feedback. Um, it's obviously at, right now at a weird time in the middle of a pandemic where I got very lucky in my timing of when I recorded the album in January, yeah. which was a couple months before everything shutting down. And I know I feel bad for some of my friends that had kind of their album was coming together and they were getting ready to do it and it was going to be in April or something and that didn't that ended up not happening so I I found there's to be a, a very fortunate timing with that mm -hmm. and then to be 
giving out or having content that you don't need to be going and performing and you know it, it's out on on all the different formats that you can get it on and it's going to be uh some tracks got picked up by sirius xm that's very uh, very exciting for me congratulations and, that's awesome gabe yeah of thank course you. Thank you so much. yeah and i uh um, I'm, I, I've been, I've very, I've, I've been very excited about it and it is, it's so much hard work and you don't really realize it until you go through the whole process and then you kind of see, and now, now I see other friends, peers of mine, other comedians, comedians putting out albums and I understand what, what all goes into that. And I want to. Whereas before, I would probably be like, I don't need to post about that. Now I'm like, I got to post about it. It's so important. It's so important for them. They put so much hard work into it. And knowing that um, the first step, I think, is the shows. It, obviously, you, you want to have or show. If you're doing one show, one mm -hmm. night, I try to. I didn't want to do that because I was worried about the pressure of doing it all in one night. And if it's a week, you know, you mess up one show, maybe we'll use the Saturday show or something like that. So, and then I was worried, well, are people going to show up to see me, you know, and had good, had good, uh, good help promoting those shows from other comedians here in Cincinnati. A lot of people really, really sh like everybody that I basically ever knew from doing comedy was, was popping up at these shows and people were, two friends that, that that I both know from different worlds are meeting each other and they're like, you know Gabe, I know Gabe. You know, it's really such a cool experience in that sense. And almost so when the week was over, I was like, this album couldn't, I mean, I don't even care if it comes out or whatever. This was a success already, you know? Yes. But, but then that's the, that gives you a good feeling that you, you've got, you've got something good that you can work with. And then, then there's a lot of hard work of, as far as the uh, audio en engineer, the audio editing, and and sitting down with with a friend of mine from Cincinnati. He's the local comedian, Clinton Jacob, did all the audio mixing, and we had to listen to my me doing comedy for like six hours in a studio together, which is, I mean, that's that's like torture right there for for me at least. I don't know. If Clinton. <laughs> Clinton's probably like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done listening to Gabe's, Gabe's set now. No. Um, <laughs> I'm sure no, that's but, not how he feels at all. So good job, Clinton. <laughs> yeah. No, he did a great job. He helped me name the album. He, 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 uh, he helped me make great decisions on content about what I should keep, what I, what I shouldn't keep. And I'm always erring towards the side of like, let's, uh, let's cut out that dirty part. Let's cut out the dirt. And he's like, no, that's great. That's raw. That's what you want. That was the moment. And I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You, I mean, like, especially people who are in editing like that, they do know what they're talking about. I, I, I relate to you in that sense, having to like, even running this podcast, I'll get my, you know, episodes sent back. And it's just like, at least for me, Gabe, it's just the worst listening to myself because this is so fun right now in the moment talking to you. But yeah. then I have to like listen back and I'm like, why was I laughing there? Like, I just asked him a question and all of a sudden I started yes. giggling. Why? I was asking a question. Like, I don't understand. And you're like, you know, everybody else is like, oh, it's fine. Like, we love your reactions. And I'm just like, oh, I think we're just like our own worst critic. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're just like, oh, like, this is weird. And it's just like, no, like, this is great. You should keep that. So that's why you kind of need somebody 
like your friend um, being like, hey, like you need that second opinion. And then also the same thing with like promoting a podcast. Like a lot of times I'm, you know, I used to be that way too. Like I didn't even have an Instagram for the longest time. I think I, uh, I don't drink as much anymore, but there was a time where I was definitely drinking a lot and I was at Rheingeist, that's when it happened. And my friend was like, listen, which is for those of you who don't know, a great Cincinnati local brewery. She's like, you need to have an Instagram. You would be great at it. And I'm like, what am I going to do with it? And now I promote my podcast on this, but it's really for the guests. Like, I'm like, yes, we need to promote Gabe and get this album out. So it's like, you just think about like, sure, you get some kind of exposure out of it, but it's more important to the guest. And I'm like, "Ah, I get to meet all these cool people. So I'm sure that's what I love about the idea of you making an album because you got to showcase your work, but I'm sure you got to meet so many cool people out of it. Probably people who have like made albums, people who are probably being like, hey, I'm making mine, talk about, and then you got to meet all the people uh, who kind of create that whole, (laughs) you know, it really takes a village to make something like that, even though you're just like, you know, we just talked about that. There's a graphic designer, there's a sound editor. So now you kind of, I don't know, I guess you could probably say you kind of have like a family oriented experience out of it in the sense you've got all these great people in your life. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. And the first, the first track of the album, I, I kind of, name everybody and i start naming like the door guy he's a comic and the the waiters they're comics too and and the the guy in the back he does my graphic design and he really made the promotion for that week so it's like it it all is it takes a village is the best way to describe it because at least that's how it felt with with this project and in cincinnati and and basically from even the start was friends of mine being being like, why don't you have an album yet? You should have an album. Call it Story. Call it, you know, like Story About That or something like Canadian. Like, and, Of course, yeah. <laughs> and having those, having those friends and comedians, and I made sure to uh, give them guest spots on the shows and make sure to let them know that you're a big part of this, like your encouragement for me to, you know, follow through and, and put an album out is, it's... Uh, it was needed, and sometimes, sometimes you need some some of that positive encouragement around you to to uh, to just basically follow through and do it because it is a it's a length like I said it's a lengthy hard process, and if you just do it alone or you have the attitude that this is all on me and you want to do everything yourself, I think that would be like way too much pressure and way too hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I do here is it's like, I mean, you saw we have Chris, we've got Kiwi. It's just so much nicer to kind of like have a team and like do an auto, like an an auto check. What am I at? Like AutoZone? (laughs) Good. We need to replace your filter over here. It's got some some brown stuff in it. I'm almost doing my material. I'm almost bringing in my material. Oh, I see. And I watched your videos because your website was great too. Everybody should go visit Gabe's website as well. So I got to know you. And that's what I tried to do even before this because I was like, well, I don't really know Gabe personally. But I, uh, like I said, I saw that you had a shirt swap thing that you do. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Because that was extremely entertaining. Where did you come up with this idea? Oh. That idea started uh, with the first shirt swap. It's it's me wearing a Quebec Nordique shirt. I met this guy in Lansing, Michigan at a comedy club called Connections in Lansing that's now closed. And uh, that's where all that's where all these great stories start at comedy clubs that are now closed that were awesome. <laughs> uh, and the guy came up to me after the show. He told me he was a big 
Quebec Nordiques fan. It's an old Canadian hockey team that is now the Colorado Avalanche. They moved to a new place, so they don't even exist. And he was like, I love that shirt, man. And I, he had on something like that, like a flannel, one of those like snap tie cowboy shirts. And I was like, that's a pretty sweet shirt too. And I was like, he's like, let's swap. And then I said, only we get a before and after picture. And then I'm going to post it online. And it got, it got a kind of good reaction, but I re just remember like, and I woke up the next day and I was like all like hung over and like, where did the shirt come from? I'm all confused. And, and then I saw that I had posted and I was like, oh boy, man, I'm a mess. Uh, <laughs> and then I started telling that story on stage and then people would come up to me afterwards and I would, it just became a thing with me. Like after a show, I would, I would end up swapping sometimes two or three shirts and, and, uh, I, it, sometimes it was like a girl with like, you know, like spaghetti straps and it would just look ridiculous on me or something or it, it, it got it went in different places as as it went on. And uh, and then I got to the point where I was posting about it and it got like and then I was like, OK, I don't want to do this anymore. This is the worst. <laughs> this is so annoying. And. And then people would come up to me and say, like, are you going to swap shirts? And I'd be like, oh, you know who I am. It was like a way to to understand people that I that had either recognized you or identified you before. Like I was in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin in, I think it was August. It was post-pandemic. So there were things were just opening up. It's one of my first clubs that I went back and I worked at. And someone came up as I was walking in the front door and they were like, do you still swap shirts? And <laughs> I'm like, uh, I think COVID killed the shirt swap. You know, <laughs> like, I don't think we could, I don't think I really want to be posting that either. Like, that's not that's not going to get a positive reaction that it once got. Oh but. gosh, yeah, it was really funny though. I thought it was actually kind of a really good branding technique for you, which clearly that's what people are recognizing you now for wearing different shirts. And it's such like a small thing, like it's just super silly and like it doesn't take too much effort, but at the same time, it makes such an impact. So I, uh, you know, who knows, maybe once COVID lies down, you know, you can be able to do it again, but it, it was pretty funny. I was like, some of those shirt options, Gabe, you know, I, I, who knows, maybe you got some other fashion choices in your future. So <laughs> I feel like clothing is a branding thing for you though. Cause then you also have a 24 hour pajama party shirt. Uh, I feel I like I've had a, a 24 hour pajama party all through quarantine. So why don't you tell us yes. a little bit about that? <laughs> Somebody sent me that and it was like, it was right out and there was three month pajama party. And that shows how long ago it was three months. Like, well, that's more like <laughs> nine month pajama party now. Right. But it basically is a joke about how, and like a lot of people, I like to wear, uh, you have a day off and you're in your pajamas, you make it halfway through the day. And then you just make a deal with yourself that you're like, I'm going full day. I'm not going to, I'm not getting out of these pajamas. And then my joke is how I have to go run an errand and I get into a car accident in my pajamas and that situation, which, which actually is a true story that I was, uh, it wasn't necessarily that type of story, but I was actually going to be on a podcast and I wore my pajamas to the podcast because I thought that would. That was pre-Zoom when no one would see us. And I walked in and I'm in my pajamas and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, because no one's going to see us. They can only hear us. And then after the podcast, I was driving home and I got into a car accident in my pajamas. And the embarrass that embarrassing moment when you're on the side of the road exchanging information, uh, <laughs> I, 
I made that into the uh, kind of the, the the crux of the joke, and I got a good line, and I kept doing it, and then uh, and then I made a shirt about it, and the shirt is more it's it's kind of like people buy it because they want it to be their pajamas, you know, like now this T-shirt is your pajamas. My my sales pitch would always be I hold up the shirt. And then I would let, I'd say, I asked for like the softest shirt. So this could be your pajamas. And I let someone touch it in the audience and they would be like, and give them the microphone and they'd say, that's really soft or like say, I don't know, it'd be different every show. And, uh, but I, I, that's, that's another thing that is done. I'm not, (laughs) no one's talking about it now. Like stay away. (laughs) Well, let me ask you, were these like flannel pajamas or was this like a onesie? Like what kind of pajamas are we talking about here? (laughs) I'm just curious. You're in luck that I have. Oh oh my God. Onesie right here. With. Little curious George feces, and that's a full onesie. I I really wish it's like a curious George thing or a sock sock monkey thing. Yeah, but I should get it branded with me in the twenty four hour pajama party true onesie. But also, I have that, and this is like my box of t shirts here. I would actually I I have the onesie, so I'll do the joke. I'll go out sell merch after the show and I'll be in a onesie when they come out after the show I'm in a onesie and I'm like ah and and that is a... <laughs> sorry I'm just laughing go ahead no, these, are, these are all cautionary tales because once you do something like this and then you see that you're like whoa when I wear a onesie I really sell a lot of these things and then you're like I I'm going to be changing into a onesie after you're done with your set and you're like, I got to get out there. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And it's, it's, it's a good idea in concept. And then you find the reality of, uh, staying on top of getting into your onesie after your set can be difficult. Oh, I love that though. I actually like, I don't know. I just think that's so that's why I was wondering because I was like you know because I I've never bought a onesie I have a few friends that have bought one and they're like you should get one it's just so funny and so comfortable and I'm just like I haven't gotten to it yet but now who knows now that I'm inspired by this 24-hour pajama party this is going to just be my look when I go to work when I come home I'm just going to throw it on and see see what happens maybe I'll get taken uh more seriously (laughs) when I start giving tours because I tour um when I'm not doing comedy, which is a lot now, I, uh, a, lot my, now. <laughs> a lot now, my day job is, which is perfect for me because I was a theater major, but I show people apartments and people are like, oh, you're so fun. Like, we love you. And I'm like, oh, if I put on a onesie, then maybe I would be a little bit more lovable after that. So get a sale in. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that'd be a good pick. That'd be hey. a good, like... This is just so homey. I just feel so homey here. Yes, that's what I'm going to say. Just like, just call it home. You're going to be right here. It's going to be great. So I'm I'm already inspired. Uh, But yeah, no, I think that's great. I think your branding is awesome. But speaking of your brand, you started here in St. Louis, which is, well, our listeners obviously know. And for those of you who are just tuning in, that is where we're based out of. And you started over at the Funny Bone. So you said you kind of come home on occasion. Um, What what do you miss about St. Louis? Is it the toasted rav? Is it uh, the hill? What's going on? Um, I know that you're in Cincinnati, so there's a lot of similarities. But uh, what do you miss about our city? (laughs) Lion's Choice. Every time I come back, I love getting Lion's Choice. Uh, that would be, 
the main thing I miss. The, but you know what? I'm a I'm a huge St. Louis Blues fan, big hockey fan. Yeah. And like nobody knows how to ice skate in Cincinnati. No one even knows that hockey is a sport. So when I come home and you're in that bar that everybody's cheering for the Blues, you know how annoyed you are by that? I love that. That's what I'm like. Oh, people here that care. Usually it's just me and a Buffalo Wild Wings and the one <laughs> – one game of the St. Louis Blues playing and everything else is basketball and people are making fun of the fact that there is a hockey game up there and stuff. So I miss the Blues and the the hockey culture in St. Louis, that which is really good and you don't realize until you leave. And uh, I don't miss... Well, there's good beers. Actually, Schnickel Fritz. I'm, oh, I love Schnickel Fritz. That's a great... Uh, yeah. Is it Urban Chestnut? Is that yes. the bar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- yep. Yes, I actually go. You know, Jimmy orders that. That's actually like his favorite flavor of the <laughs> of the urban chestnuts. It's so funny you brought that up. Uh, I understand though, because being from Cincinnati, I also enjoy hockey, and it's really hard to explain to people when I go home. I'm like, oh yeah, like the Blues, like they just won the World Cup. Which here, I live in the city, so people were like on parade and in the street and like we had to clean up because there was so much partying happening and then I go to Cincinnati and I remember when I was little I don't you know what Gabe I don't even know if it's there anymore it was called Cincinnati Gardens or right, and it's they it's yeah torn down. yes but it's I torn down I, uh, oh, I okay it. it was it was actually an exact replica to the uh, Maple Leaf Gardens which is in Toronto so it the, oh. the architect that made that stadium made the um, Cincinnati Gardens, Cincinnati Gardens also, the Beatles played there. So that's a little trivia knowledge for the Cincinnati that, and of course, this is what people are telling me in the locker room as I'm, they're like, yeah, you know, the Beatles played here. Like, and you're like, uh, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're like, this is really big. Yeah. They, but there wasn't, I think that, uh, the Ducks, probably the Cincinnati Ducks, when they were here, they played at the Gardens. But now there's yes. a place downtown where the uh, Cincinnati Stingers. Cy- oh, it's the Stingers? The Cyclones. No, no. That's, right? Isn't Stingers. it the Cyclones? Am I making this Cyclones. up? Yes. I said it wrong. Stingers <laughs> is from the 70s. That's a, a Cincinnati hockey team from the 1970s. I'm, uh, oh. yeah. I'm that old. Uh, get with the times, Gabe. No. <laughs> oh, man, these washed up comedians. I tell you what. No, I'm just kidding. You are fantastic. You're very accomplished. I uh, I just remember Cincinnati Gardens because I don't know if you remember like the reading list that you would do. Like you could read so many books a summer and then get like a pizza party or something yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yes. So the library that I went to one year, I don't know how they secured this because it's a public library. So how do you, they were like, if you read like a hundred books or something, you'll get tickets to the ducks over at um, Cincinnati gardens. And I had seen the mighty ducks, the movie. So I was like, Oh, this is exactly what it's going to be like. So I remember being in my room and like reading it. And I was like, I am going to get tickets to this hockey game. Like, I don't care. Like people are like, come outside and play. And I was like, no, because I have to get these tickets. So it was really cool. I was like, I was super nerdy, but we got in the front row. And I remember being in the third grade looking at this. I was like, this is the coolest experience. Like I dropped my popcorn. I was like, I don't even care because somebody just got thrown up against the glass. And this is great. Like, I, like <laughs> So I, I, awesome. I feel the same emotion that 
what you feel about it. But also as a Cincinnati native, I uh, I am a diehard fan to the Bengals. I know they lose all the time, but I'm still always there for my guys. So <laughs> my dad played football for the University of Cincinnati when he was in college. So I think it just oh, kind nice. of, yeah. And my parents, their first date was to the Bengals. So obviously it's just something that like kind of comes with our territory. But uh, it, it is kind of hard. I mean, but it is, that's the only thing I have since here. We don't have a football team. So, <laughs> yeah. Source well, that's what, what <laughs> Exactly. And then, so, uh, but you still, I mean, I guess you could be Kansas City fans. Travis Kelsey, University of Cincinnati product right there. Uh, but there, there is a big Bengal. It's kind of when I first moved here, I'm like, oh, you all, you all are depressed about liking this team you like hate that you love the Bengals, but what i've seen in my time is a growth and uh there's been some success not much success but like win winning seasons and playoffs and stuff like that but never like never anything like uh you know super bowl bound or anything like that but they, now they've got they've got joe burrow this night the number one overall quarterback there's there's some promising and I found myself to be kind of a Bengals, um, yeah, a, a kind of a bandwagon jumper. At, I guess I could say, like when it when things are going well, I like I like cheer. And then when things aren't going well, I'm like, eh, I'm not. I, I don't have anything. You know, I don't have a. You're basically a Cincinnatian now. So that's usually yeah. that's usually yeah. how it goes. We're like, we love them, and then the moment they lose, it's like, oh, I already knew this was gonna happen. I'm just gonna go over to Rheingeist and drink my feelings. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Shout out to Rheingeist, not sponsored, but uh, anytime, guys, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Rheingeist, you could uh, you know maybe expand to St. Louis too. Get some taps over there. Could yeah. be good. Get some truth. I was about to say, you know, there are, we have a brewery district, excuse me, district oof, in Cincinnati. Is there a certain beer? Because I know we talked about Urban Chestnut in St. Louis. Is there a certain brewery that you like over in Cincinnati? There's a ton that are popping up too, like even more I see on Instagram all the time. Yeah, there's new ones. Um, I really like, I mean, Rheingeist is kind of my, one of my favorites. I have, I, I wear Rheingeist, Mad Tree, and di different different Cincinnati t-shirts when I, whenever I'm traveling and performing outside just to kind of rep Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And um, I have, my favorite is, is probably, ugh, hard to say. I really like Taps a lot, but then I'm kind of, I'm a little, I'm a little biased because they, they put together comedy shows and have some, have a little comedy connection there. But I really, I like Taps. I think, their their logo of uh, President Taft stuck in a bathtub is just hilarious. Uh, I, I have that shirt too, and I wear that. And it, like some of these breweries, I've done a show there, and then the uh, it, it, whether it's like the manager, or the brewmaster, will come up and talk to me, and and he'll be like, "You want a sh do you want a shirt? If you're gonna wear it, we'll give you a shirt." So I'll I'll wear a Taft shirt or a Mad Tree or Rheingeist whenever I'm traveling or or in Dayton or Indianapolis, someplace close by that kind of people know what they, they know what I'm doing when I'm wearing it. Tri-state area. But uh, speaking of, yeah, yeah tri-state area, that's what, we, especially when you listen to Cincinnati, where he's like, in the tri-state area, here's all the stuff that's going on. But Gabe, we really have to ask you the real question when it comes to Cincinnati food. 
and I think you know where this is going to go. Oh, is it GS or S? <laughs> Goldstar or Skyline? Right? I was about to say, are you, now that you're, you know, home Cincinnatian, you know, C-I-N-C-Y, are you a Skyline guy or are you a Gold Star guy? And that's a very important question in those parts. <laughs> it, it is, I would probably say Skyline, but I live right next to a Gold Star and go there. Oh, no. Just Oh, no, 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 not Gold Star. It's so similar. It's basically the same thing. That's the way I look at it. But uh, I'm a Coney. I, I would say, are you more of a Coney or a three-way guy? And I'm more of a Coney. I go I like those Coney. two. Yes. Do you get onions on it, though, or do you just do the three-way? Uh, I I have. you See, you, if you get onions, they put so many onions on there that you're like, oh, boy, you had onions. You know, they... So I like a little bit of onions, but then I don't want to be that person that's like, just a little bit of onions. So I just say no onions. I'll just say no onions to be safe. Wrecking everybody else's night as I'm yelling at them from stage or something. No, not, not, that's not my style. I'm not a yeller. I'm not a, I'm not a big yeller. That's a but good thing. That's okay. I do, I do have a, a funny story of my first visit Skyline. I went to Skyline. And everybody told me all about this chili. You got to try the chili. You got to try the chili. So I sat down and I'm like, I will take one bowl of your chili, please. And they were, they didn't know what to think. And I thought it was totally, I'm like, chili, the chili stuff. I've heard so much about, give it to me. And no one orders it in a bowl. And I ate no. it and I was like, <laughs> garbage. Why would anybody eat this? This is like meat soup. And uh, that's why they put it on spaghetti right there. That's the reason. It's a little bit soupier, exactly. So that's why you have to do it like on a coney or on spaghetti. So that's like one of the things. I also grew up right next to a skyline. So it was a little bit easier for me and access. And then when Jimmy and I ever go back to Cincinnati, that's like one of the first things I do. I'm like, we have to go to skyline and like, he'll eat it. It's not like his favorite thing by any means. He's like, you definitely have to like be from here to love it. Like this is like, yeah. he's like, you're definitely from here because I've never seen somebody so excited to like come in here and have like cheese and spaghetti or like, I'm like, I, I mostly get the conies, but every once in a while, but just curious. Uh, so if any Skyline or Gold Star lovers listening, they'll be able to judge your comedy just by that answer alone. Um, <laughs> uh, I said basically the same thing and everybody's like, you kidding me? Get out of here. <laughs> like, especially like for those who don't know, like Cincinnati people, they like love Skyline. So it's just, there's such a big like head to head kind of thing about it. But there is a gold star by me. It was just a little bit further. So who knows? Maybe, maybe I, I don't know. I'm just going to keep it at Skyline. That's what I loved. But uh, speaking of your comedy though, we, you know, we're in this time of COVID, right? It's been kind of weird to, you know, be performing. I know like we've been doing podcasting, radio stuff, but uh, how is kind of, how have you been navigating COVID right now, comedy wise? I know you've got your album out, but have you been writing a lot? Are you watching uh, like any cool specials? What's a, uh, what is Gabe Kia's secret to keeping busy during this time? Yes. <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, listening to podcasts, doing podcasts. Pod I, I, this is my second podcast. Podcast with uh, with someone like from Indiana earlier today, so it's it's uh, I I enjoy I enjoy it, but I really 
really do miss open mics. I a lot of people don't even like open mics, and and the whole concept of them is is really funny. And the pandemic kind of lets you peel back the layer and see like the group of people that all go to this bar like there's no regular audience members it's just comedians you all know each other you all know all of everybody's jokes you walk in and you're like oh crap they know all my jokes now what am i going to do you know you have that feeling again sometimes i miss that a lot i miss getting together hanging out i know uh some people who are like people just want to hang out yes i want camaraderie i want to see other people and I want to talk to other comedians and be like, hey, where were you just? What what happened there? Talking like the green room talk. I really miss that stuff. Um, and comedy has really slowed down in general. Obviously, some places did open back up over the summer and people were doing a lot of outdoor shows here. Several parking lot outdoor, you know, events and shows. And had had a lot of great experiences doing those, but obviously when uh, November came around, it, the, the options were kind of kind of fewer and far between. We had open we had an open mic, I think one one a week, which I kind of like that, like scaling back. So you're like saving up all your material for this one open mic. It reminded mm -hmm. me of like when I first started doing comedy. There was only one open mic. There wasn't like bar night where you could hit like different open mic, like it it morphed into and uh but now that that's gone i, I miss that i miss that having those opportunities and um i have had some opportunities just recently uh performed and it's when when you haven't and the the thing for me is the gaps now are not like, oh it's been a week or you know it's been a few weeks now it's a month and a half was the last time i went on stage and my first show I'm nervous, like I'm starting all over again, and then I, and then I go up there and I, I usually lean heavily on older stuff that I'm comfortable with, and then the next night, if I'm if I'm doing a week or something, I'll be like, okay, oh, okay, that was fine, I'm okay, I comedy still, and then I'll I'll, uh, but it, but new material is harder to do when it is actually actually like brand new when you're doing it like when it's just concept when you have the open mic uh, rooms that you can go and you can like kind of hammer out these concepts and find the punchlines and tighten stuff up and make it an actual joke that you feel comfortable putting into your regular set we're missing that right now and that's the hardest thing for me dealing with so uh i have a little set list over here if i could just go through no <laughs> what do you think let's see how they work this is the same as doing instagram live shows where you have one person that reacts to what you're saying right that's another thing i'm kind of excited about when COVID is over i keep like accidentally joining people's live streams and it's so awkward you know what i mean because it like shows up where the notification comes up when you're like just using oh. your phone and you're like oh i'm sorry i mean i completely and then you feel awkward because it's just like clearly you and then the other person and then you're just like okay bye like i don't it's that's one thing i could just live without is like being on other people's live streams and i like i said i have a podcast the difference is though is that this is pre-recorded we can edit things we can fix things around but when you're on like instagram live like unless you're like a famous 
like a famous celebrity that's got like a million followers. Like it's like, and I hate to be that person and you maybe disagree with me on that, but it's just, it's so difficult. It's just a weird, weird time right now. (laughs) I disagree with that. I agree with it. And and then when you get on there, it's not even that they see your face, but they know they like your name pops up, like you joined. And then they're like, Oh, and then someone might mention like Gabe's here or something. And I'm like, Oh, do I have to stay now? <laughs> yes. Now no here. Like, That's the problem. Everybody is like, oh, Molly, thanks for being so supportive. And sometimes I'll just go good. along with it. I'm like, oh, you are so welcome. Absolutely. And then like in my heart, I'm like, did not mean to do this. So it's, uh, yeah. but that's, you know what? That's okay. You know, that is, I think that's just the thing. I was listening to Mark Marin because I love his podcast, WTF. And uh, he was saying that, I forget who he was interviewing, but he was saying that he's like, it's just a weird time to be making stuff. Like, you know, it's like, and sometimes it's not always of the best quality. So everybody's just like, well, we're all trying or like we're doing the best and stuff. And he's like, is this really our best though? Or something like that. And it's so, I mean, I'm butchering it, but it was so well done how he delivered it. But I mean, it's just, it is what it is. We're, we're doing the best we can at this time. Um, but uh, speaking of, you know, doing comedy and doing shows going, you know, post or pre COVID, Obviously, you've worked with a lot of great people, as I saw on your website. Was there uh, anybody in particular that you just loved working with during your uh, many accolades and many shows and clubs and colleges across the country? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I actually just updated my... At first, I had... I think it was... Joel McHale was kind of like one of the bigger names that I had worked with. And that was in my bio for a long time. And then I had Nikki Glaser. Nikki Glaser and I started in St. Louis same time we we like friends forever and uh, yeah she's she, well, I just worked with her recently here in Cincinnati and it was oh it was so much fun it was so good to just just to hang out and just to be around her and um, she's a big reason of me because she's originally from say too i don't know if yeah you i'm sure you knew that. i uh yeah. i listened to her podcast it's it's done now but i loved her show you up and then i listened to her podcast all through the pandemic so when it ended i was like it's like when you lose a good show and you're just like oh where do i go from here like yeah. <laughs> like what do i do and she even said that in the last episode so yeah i'm i'm definitely a fan and on board so i'm i'm loving this go ahead <laughs> yeah no she i mean she Starting out, um, and and someone that's had such great success in so many different aspects. I remember early on, and this wasn't even early on, but this was over ten years ago. She was getting a last comic standing real quick. She was getting uh, Tonight Show, and I was like, my friend's getting on the Tonight Show, and like these are huge things. And now looking back, she's like had her own. She's had several shows. She had a show on MTV. Had a show on Comedy Central. The, the Sirius XM show, you know, like so many different um, avenue. And now the Netflix specials is that's that's like the new Tonight Show is getting yes. a Netflix special is the it's the premiere, you know, and that, that's not even mentioning the roasts, which is probably what made her blow up the most. From Those from, are my uh, favorite. I love when the, the yeah. roast mode, as she says on her podcast, but. Um, I, I love the roast. Like I wish that is something I wish I could like do. I think it is like one of the coolest things. Anybody I see perform it, I'm like, oh wow, that 
That's really good. We had a guy that, uh, his name is Jay Light. So shout out to him, good friend of mine. He actually was a writer for the roasts. And I think like he actually did Nikki Glazer's show, Not Safe at some point too. Um, but that's really cool. Well, now we had to get, now if anybody's watching, if we could get Gabe a Netflix special, that would be great. <laughs> we gotta get some credits on here. You would be great for one. I love that. But anyway, yeah. I'm so glad. You know, that's always kind of cool is seeing people succeed and especially when you like are friends with them and working with them. So that kind of, you know, bringing it back to you, I feel like that's, you know, I'm a friend with a lot of people on Facebook in Cincinnati who do do stand up comedy for the times that I go back. And I know you said they're like, oh, they're like testimonials. I kind of feel like I died when I read them. But I, uh, <laughs> I do think that's really wonderful to see people speak so highly of you and even here in St. Louis like people are like oh you know Gabe's like doing great he's like doing all this stuff um but most importantly you know it's always interesting to kind of see how your family feels about comedy and I know your daughter she's very young she's five um yes. but yes which is great uh, I know there's probably a lot of e-learning as we talked about earlier before we started recording that's happening and that's you know another experience in itself uh, but I think what, is, you know, I'm always interested in seeing a child at that age. Does she know that you do stand up comedy? She does. And you know what she wants me to do on this podcast? She wants me to tell her joke. She's like, and then I'm done with the podcast and, or the show, if it was the show. And she'll say, did you do it? She's so <laughs> like, did you do my joke? And I'm like, oh, I, I, you know what? I forgot. And I never like lie and say oh did it and I really didn't because and sometimes I have on stage I've done like and her joke that she wrote this is her joke I'm going to do it on the podcast my dog that she wanted me to do wants me to do every time I have a show is she says when is the sun's birthday Sunday and, oh and that's great oh I love that's like my humor so clearly she and I would get along great so, <laughs> the cool part about that joke is that she actually wrote it and that is her original like content and so she told me a joke that she wanted me to do on stage um and it was why does oh why did the chicken wear suntan lotion because he didn't want to get fried and i'm like <laughs> that's a really good joke did you write that and i asked her i was like did you get that and she goes no lionel from fancy nancy wrote that and i'm like oh my god but at least you you know, told the truth about where you heard it. You're you're better than some of my friends that I have. <laughs> you know, these people would have been like, "Yeah, I wrote that." Yeah, I'm like you're you're honest. I'm I'm raising an honest daughter that's willing to say like, "No, I stole that one. That one's stolen." But uh, <laughs> which a lot of people won't admit. But you know what? She's she's yeah. just like I saw it somewhere. I thought it was really great, and I knew you would appreciate it. So now, does your wife do stand up comedy as well? Is this like a comedian family? tour that we're going to see in uh, Netflix 2022, maybe? <laughs> no, she does not. But she, uh, she she's waving me. She's uh, she loves telling everybody that. <laughs> and she does. She makes all, all my material comes to her. She is very funny. She actually did her first set ever. Uh, this when I, I did, I had an album for Lardy. I was having a bunch of friends from Cincinnati all on the show and it was, you know, all sorts of people like Chris Weir, the people that did the artwork and different comedians that had something to do with either either uh, the artwork or the, the scene. 
And she actually went up and did a set and she did one of my jokes and it okay. is uh, very cool. All right. It, <laughs> she, she cried. She did really well. Like the joke did really well. Cause the joke's kind of about her. And, uh, I mean the jokes, <laughs> you'd probably like the joke being from Cincinnati. It's a local reference, basically East side sort of joke. And, uh, and it's uh, it's about blowjobs and sh- hey, she- hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> side side blowjob joke. But uh, she did really well. She got a great response, and there, then there was like a live stream of the show, and we went home that night. And I swear to God, she watched herself like five times. She was like, "I'm watching it again." I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Now you remind me of all of my comedian friends right now. Like, I got to watch myself again. Oh, let's put it on the big screen. Let's do that. Get out the Chromecast. I'm ready. Oh, my God. I love that, though. Because it's like, especially when you have a perfect moment in time like that and, like, you know that you murdered a room, you're like... Maybe we could just watch it again. That's fine. (laughs) But that's great. I love that it's a whole family affair. That's awesome. (laughs) And she opened that... uh, her set by saying like how nervous she was because she always gives me and all of and all of his friends give him and all of you guys so much crap that if i bomb up here oh i'm never gonna live it down you know so she that was kind of like a that's that's a great that's a great way to open you know like reveal your insecurities Oh my God. I love that though. Oh, that's hilarious. And you had a joke about your daughter too in the album as well, Mm -hmm. which is very, very cool. Um, So I just love that you kind of bring, what I like about your material is that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I can relate to it or I understand it. But what I like about your material specifically is that we get to know you not just as, you know, only just as a comedian, which is great, obviously part of your identity, but we also get to know you, which is why I do this podcast is I feel like people like see your name and see something and they're like, what people like to know is they kind of like to know the human behind the, uh, you know, celebrity face that you've got going on here, Gabe. And I, 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 what I really like about it is that, you know, you can just pop on Spotify and then I know a lot about your life story. Um, so that's what I'll ask you. Do you, when you write, when you write your material or you come up with your material, however you do it, record it, um, is that your style is bringing your life into it? Or did you maybe start out with one liners or do you kind of do a little bit of both? If we were going to describe, I guess my question is Gabe Kia's comedy style. Uh, how would you describe that? Uh, embarrassing my daughter, 18 years in the, in the future, she's going to like, look back at this and be like, what did you say? Yeah. I worry about, I worry about that aspect of, of like being too, you know, personal and, and doing stories that, that are, uh, that are a little bit revealing about my, my personal life. But at the same time, I think I got some comedy advice about doing things that are your story and about you are going to be unique to you and there's less chance of you know you're going to be more original if you're doing it that way so you're you're talking about experiences from your life there's a there's there is a difference on the album even there's some stuff that's like uh chick-fil-a they say my pleasure or whatever you know anybody could could go to chick-fil-a and see that they say my pleasure and come up with a joke about that or whatever but but then there's other aspects of like my mom put it you know uh 
making me a jean quilt for my graduating from high school and not not everybody has that story and i didn't realize how unique it was until i had some comedians over to my place when i was living in st louis and they started making fun of me for my jean quilt and i was like oh this is pretty good yeah, yeah. They're, they're crushing it by making fun of me <laughs> I love that though. But you know, that's what I said. You've got all these like really, I mean, I, I don't want to say unique, but like, I mean, it, it's just like something that I've never heard before, which I guess maybe that is unique. Who knows? I, I feel like when I say unique, it's like such a, like, it's so unique or it's so like when people are like unapologetic, like that, like I, I don't want to hear, like, I hate using no, those words. <laughs> Exactly. And I was um, in college, I did theater and journalism and in journalism, you use a lot of words like unique and unapologetic because those are words you use when you're trying to like keep professional. But I always hated that because I didn't, I feel like it's not, it's not enough to describe when somebody's like doing something really cool and really different standing out. Um, and I think it's kind of great too, that you're incorporating like your background from St. Louis to Cincinnati. Uh, but the one thing I'll end on is, you know, you are doing, you made Cincinnati your home base. Obviously you come to St. Louis and I hope that we someday meet in person one day when COVID is uh, dying down at some point. Um, I'm sure we will, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will, yeah, exactly. It'll, it'll be four, four or five months. Come on. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even counting on a vaccine. I'm just hoping that like four or five months, things will be. Right. Will no, be for real. Just like, you know, at some point. But for right now, you are in Cincinnati, Ohio. I have obviously, again, like I've mentioned throughout this podcast and many episodes beforehand, I have a lot of emotional ties there just because that's where I grew up. It's where I went to high school. Um, but now you've kind of made that your home base. And that's, I know there's going to be people listening that are from Cincinnati. So why, why Cincinnati? Why choose that as your home base as a Cincinnati-based comedian now? I would say that when I first moved here, I thought I was going to be here for a year, two years, three years, and then I might be moving to Chicago, maybe moving to New York or LA or something, somewhere on from here. And I think after just a, just a few years, just like maybe like the third or fourth year, I just realized how much I love like just the community, the people that were in the comedy community and in specifically and uh and other other people just in cincinnati it's cincinnati's got a very unique um it seems like not a lot not a lot of people or they they don't leave or they leave and then come back and they're like oh thank goodness i'm back this is so normal for me and it's there's something about this place that is very home homish and uh it's hard it's it's hard to describe but but I do know that uh, just like just like we can use examples from the album and all those people that were around me and created. And there's so many different examples of times when I, I, I had hard times here in Cincinnati. I was I, I maybe got uh, I was out of an apartment or I, I was into a different situation and I stayed on a buddy's couch for for a month or something like that. And someone backed me up. Someone helped me. And those are the things that have kept me in Cincinnati and make me feel like this is a place that is full of great artists, not just comedians, but people that are multi-talented, do many different things. And, and there, there is a, there's a feeling that you don't have to go somewhere else to create. You can create right here with the people that you have around. And I've felt that 
And um, I can honestly say I felt a lot of that in St. Louis as well, you know, like, but I, and the, the move for me when it was, I, it's been 10 years now. So it, it just seemed like it was going to be like, oh, this will be something new. And it'll, it's kind of like St. Louis, but just a little bit different. And, and it's really, it's really grown on me. And this is where I unbutton my shirt and show my Bengals tattoo on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hooray across my chest and I'm like then I got this so I've got to stay uh, oh I love no, that because some people fun. do have that by the way so it's okay <laughs> but go ahead story. back to your point <laughs> well I and I think there's this idea and I've said it in Cincinnati before where I say I moved to Cincinnati for stand-up comedy and then people laugh at that like that's that's hilarious why would anybody do that and then i'm like you're in a you're in a comedy club as i'm telling you that like there is comedy everywhere and here it is really great and a lot of people from other cities talk about this place like it is a great place to create the the people that we have here are uh, they're funny they're crazy they're innovative they're willing to take risks they're, they're all the things that I love about stand-up comedy. And um, and I, I I feel like I feel just at, really at home. And uh, I made this like really at the end of my album release party. It was just like this sad, like not really sad, but it was happy. It was just like a very emotional, like you guys don't understand. Like, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad that all of you are here and on my show. And someone like tweeted afterwards, like I was gonna move to LA, but not after hearing Gabe's speech or something. And I was just like, oh, you're welcome. You probably moved to LA. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Gonna... You might not get on TV in Cincinnati. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I I relate to you because we're similar in that regard. Where you know, I moved back to St. Louis. I went to school here originally at SLU. And then I wasn't expecting to move back here. And I, I was the same way. I was like, oh, I'm just going to be in St. Louis for a little bit until I, you know, I have friends here and I'm like doing, I'm going to figure it out. And then I found the comedy scene here because I was doing theater here when I was originally here. And uh, that can also be like comedy, you know, very exhausting. You're like doing all this stuff at once. You're, again, not to use another cliche word of like hustling and grinding, but like, you know, you are doing that. And, um, I, I, that's when I fell in love with stand-up was with the St. Louis community here. And there's many times where I'm like, you know, I'm in theater, I wrote plays, I produce stuff. And, you know, I've only been doing comedy for four years. I, and I'm not at your age where I age. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like you've been doing sure, comedy for so long. Yeah. You know, yeah. very mature and seasoned Gabe Kia. But I, uh, why I say that is, is that, you know, there are many times where, you kind of think those thoughts and then you have a great community like you have in Cincinnati and I have in St. Louis. And of course those also combine every time you go home and I go home, you get back to that community. And uh, there is something really beautiful about that because it reminds you of all the positive people and like just people that are willing to be there for you. And a lot of people say that they're like, oh, comedy in St. Louis. And now I help Chris Sear um, run St. Louis Independent Comedy. And uh, it's so cool to be able to like run the social media and share things because people are like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, there was a virtual showcase here or like, I didn't know that the Funny Bone had like, you know, all-star shows going on. And I'm like, there is so much around you that, 
you just don't realize until you kind of walk out and see it that there's a there's almost a grown appreciation for it. So I completely agree. Um, so yeah. after that, <laughs> go well, ahead. I, I also uh, I feel I feel the same way about St. Louis when I go back there. I feel like yes. oh man, I, I I feel at home here. I feel good when I uh, I'm trying to think of the. The bar in Maplewood where you draw a card. Uh, what's that? It's Chris Sears' show. Oh, um, the Crow's Nest. Yes. Crow's Nest. Wild yes. Card oh, Comedy. Man. Yes. Every time I would go and I have a week or something in St. Louis, I would always go to Crow's Nest afterwards. And even if I'm not going to do a set, it's just to see everybody that, you know, all the people in St. Louis that I always enjoy seeing their sets, running into them. And and those, and it's funny how I'm talking about the people, but the people always change. Like when they first moved to Cincinnati, it was a totally different group of people. Those people have all either moved away or not, you know, Tabari's still here. It's for uh, me yeah. and Tabari. But it, <laughs> there's a changeover and there's that same thing in St. Louis. And it's always constantly happening. And right now there's new people in Cincinnati that just started doing comedy right before the pandemic. And I was like, oh my, I can't believe you've just started doing comedy now. It's not like this normally, you know, right. it's like, so, it's so crazy, but, yep. but we're also in a, in a comedy scene. We're also like help it very inclusive and like very looking for the new people to come in. So, you know, we can steal their energy and take that enthusiasm and use it ourselves. No, I'm <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I love that, though. But I, I feel the same way you yeah. do. So, yeah, that's great. I enjoy that you enjoy camaraderie as well. And, you know, now I'm a Gabe Kia fan. You're fun. Thank you so oh, much for thanks. coming on. <laughs> Thank you, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. And it's so good that we have this connection and we got to hang out. Next time you're here or I'm yes. there, we're going to we're going to definitely hang out. Yes. Uh, have a few have a few drinks. Nah. Or I will. I'll, I will. I'm not telling you yet. <laughs> <laughs> no peer pressure here and then uh we'll uh we'll, we'll continue we'll continue that skyline and gold star chili chat just a little bit later but uh nice. G gabe before we go why don't you tell us where we can find all the social media or just even where we can find your album where where can we just find all about gabe kia you can Google Gabe Kia, G-A-B-E-K-E-A, and my website will be the first thing that pops up. So that's got all my social media on it. It's got my Twitter, got my Instagram, got my TikTok. I got the TikTok for the kids. You know? oh. I got Snapchat. <laughs> I got some Vine videos that I that I have on YouTube. No, I don't have any of those. Um, <laughs> but it's all on Gabe Kia, and then my Instagram. Funny story about how you said uh, someone was convincing you, you got to get an Instagram. I was in Northside at someone's house and they're like, you got to get an Instagram. And I came up with Abe Lincoln t-shirt. That was my my <laughs> Instagram name when I should have just done like Gabe Kia or something. But I'm looking this up right now. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Abe Lincoln t-shirt is my Instagram. And uh, I do have a little Abe Lincoln. I Well, I've got a bunch of shirts I have on my website also. So you can... Check out my shirt swaps on the website. You can see my schedule that's wide open right now on my website. <laughs> this is funny. He's not wrong. It's there. So <laughs> you'll have a new Maybe follower. It's good. Nice. I'll follow back. I'll follow back. I'll follow back. 
Oh, well, that's great. Well, just remember, everybody, I can vouch for it. Uh, Dumber Than a Fish, you can listen to on Spotify. I've got Spotify Premium. You can probably listen to it everywhere else. And he's correct. You'll see everything on his website if you Google Gabe Kia, because that's what I did. So he's not wrong. Uh, but Gabe, what we do whenever we casually end an episode is I go, what are you going to casually do now, now that this episode is done? Now I'm going to casually um, go upstairs <laughs> and give my daughter a bath, maybe. I'll be, I, her mom will probably be like, your turn. Come on, give her the bath. And, <laughs> ah, you and guys are so like, funny. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and then uh, and then I'm going to put her to bed, and then we are going to watch Fargo. We are so into Fargo right now. It's like such a good show. And I actually caught my wife last night. See, this happens with couples all the time. You're like watching a show, and then you the other person – like goes and they're trying to fall asleep and they're like, I'll just watch the next episode. And she fell asleep and it flipped her iPad flipped over when she fell asleep. And I was like, oh. like, like I was totally like, I was <laughs> on. I was like, she's watching episode 10 without me. She thought she was going to get away with it, but I totally busted her. Oh, oh, the so. iPad does that sometimes. It just busts Ooh. you. <laughs> yeah. She's in trouble. She's, it's all right. I, I haven't even told her that I, that I saw it last night. So that you reminded me that I got to go and, <laughs> Give her crap. Sorry, Abby. <laughs> She's going to watch this episode and be like, Molly. And I'll be like, I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. But that Jimmy's the same way. I was like, you know, I'm not going to see you in a minute. Um, I was like, maybe I'll just watch this. And he's like, you're going to do this without me. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> There's certain shows that you're I'm just like, oh, yeah, go ahead watch that or whatever but so ones that you're like both like waiting for because she'll fall asleep and then i'll like pause the episode and put something else on you know like just because i want to like i think like watching together is like uh, it, it's it makes you excited when there you when there was like a last one with a teaser and you're the next night you put the daughter to sleep and you're like all right let's go <laughs> that's such a <laughs> this, I haven't seen fun. Fargo yet, though. So I, now, now that you guys have been watching it, I'm intrigued. I gotta watch oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's four seasons. We're on season two, and it's it's really good. I like it a lot. Vouch, Sounds vouch good. Vouch yeah. for Fargo. All right. So everybody, you listen to this. Uh, two things you have to do: casually listen to Gabe Kia's album "Dumber Than a Fish," and also casually watch Fargo. Again, not sponsored, but apparently it is a winning situation well thanks gabe we will see you at some point again <laughs> thanks so much molly and thanks chris thanks for having me key thank you so much for doing all this i've i've known chris for uh many years and he's oh. had me on his show so many times i'm always so appreciative of uh seeing him and talking to him like i got to before this so yeah oh chris know. is good people thanks gabe bye, bye. <laughs> thank you so much